Last month, NASA's Perseverance rover successfully landed on Mars with the goal of searching for signs of ancient life. Perseverance will remain on Mars for the next 600 or so days, collecting data about the planet's climate and geology. The Mars 2020 mission is also a critical step towards human exploration of the planet. This mission was eight years in the making, requiring the hard work and dedication of scientists, engineers, technologists, and many others. I had the opportunity to discuss IT's important role in a successful landing with Jim Rinaldi, the former CIO at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory and its current Chief Information Technology Advisor. Stick around. Hi everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Bonship and I'm here, as I mentioned, with Jim Rinaldi, the former CIO and current Chief Information Technology Advisor at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So Jim, thank you so much for calling in and joining us today. Thank you, Juliet. It's great to be here, and I look forward to the discussion. Absolutely. I think it's going to be really interesting. So right off the bat, the sort of burning question in my mind, and I'm sure in our audience mind, is how does IT work to facilitate mission goals, especially as it relates to you know the mission at the forefront of everyone's mind, Mars 2020 and the Perseverance rover landing? Well, as, you, uh, as your audience may or may not know, the... Uh, Missions take quite a while to to uh, to be planned and put together. Uh, if you take uh, Perseverance, uh, the spacecraft that took it there, it took eight years to uh, to create that mission. It inherited a lot from the Mars uh, Science Laboratory MSL with the Curiosity rover uh, to uh, help speed it up. And in that time, though, uh, technology decisions made eight years ago certainly seemed like a long time in terms of technology. Uh, but in reality, what we do is to support a mission, you know, it really starts at the beginning and how you start a, a mission, whether it's at the concept level, at design level, construction, and then into operations. In, in our case, Perseverance just landed, which meant that it's in operations mode now. And if it goes beyond its two-year horizon, it'll be an extended operations if, if it's funded to do so. So the IT to support that uh, has is an evolution as well, because you have IT that supports uh, all aspects of data collection, of how do you access that data. It's obviously, the cybersecurity is important. And of course, the infrastructure services all around the uh, mission is, is an important um, uh, part of it as well. And that goes not into just data centers. It also goes into clean rooms. It goes into um, it goes into where the construction happens. So, so it's 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 a pretty. Um, I would say uh, it's it's a little bit of everywhere when it comes to supporting a mission and certainly something like uh, perseverance to support its goals. Um, you know, and where it's at now. So, with that said, though there's the IT organization has to be uh, try to be the consulting organization. And that's what we turned ourselves into a consulting organization. We certainly have the operational day-to-day -day type of uh, roles to play, but as an operational unit, we are there and a consulting unit, we're there to work on unique problems where we can help, whether that's in development systems, engineering, whether that's tools or whether that's uh you know, uh, in our case, we invested a lot in cloud computing and our own expertise so that we could be 
expert consultants to our mission folks so that they did not have to learn all the technical that they may have had to learn in many years ago. Absolutely. So it seems like IT played a really important role in supporting everyone on the mission side. So you've got the IT handled, you've got the technology for JPL handled, and they can focus on landing a rover on Mars. So I'm curious, you've mentioned that for this specific mission, um, you inherited and the mission folks inherited some technology from previous missions. Obviously, if this was eight years in the making, I have to imagine that the infrastructure technology really evolved and changed over that over time. So I'm curious, how did it evolve and how did yeah. IT adapt? Well, first of all, the from the mission side, uh, it just made good sense to use the the a lot of the infrastructure from uh, MSL. Uh, onto what they want to develop for, uh, for Perseverance. In, in doing so, that meant the library systems, the systems that supported MSL could be easily copied in a sense to support uh, you know, the creation of Perseverance. So those kind of libraries, it's kind of rudimentary, but those libraries, access to those libraries, making sure that the, the mission uh, development folks are um, have the security as well as have access uh, is an important thing and know where the data is. Now, that's kind of fundamental, but in reality, um, the technology we had to take advantage of was uh, not only the current technology, but look at emerging technologies and how can our missions take advantage of those over time. And so if you take cloud, and I know it seems uh, like everybody's in cloud now, mm -hmm. but back 2012, 2013 era, when um, Perseverance mission started, uh, we were still learning the cloud. We had been early adopters, but and we tried multiple clouds and we still do, but we were learning uh, how to, to manage in a cloud, how to operate ourselves in the cloud and build that expertise. So over time, we invested more in that, and that certainly has paid off. We have that flexibility uh, has benefited our missions as well as benefited operations and things of that nature. But also we, we learned that the network had to be more robust because you're gonna process more, you're gonna have more data, and uh, you need a, a very, very resilient network. So one thing we did is we made any network we put to the cloud a part of our network. In other words, it looked like that cloud was a data center in effect on our own network. And that really took some forethought. Now, people don't think about that. Mission people don't even think about that. <laughs> this is something we do because we know that will pay, pro uh, provide a better experience for the missions. I'm curious about some you know, specific examples of how your work adopting the cloud, for example, like you've been discussing, like really tactfully and really helped the mission folks. Is, are there any like specific examples that you can point to to say, you know, our early yeah. adoption in the cloud here really benefited the mission in this particular circumstance? Well, even prior to uh, uh, Curiosity, we had been playing with the cloud to speed up current processes. So for example, mm -hmm we would get images from Mars from Spirit and Opportunity, which were two rovers prior uh, right. to Curiosity. And those images used to take something on the order of 20 to more hours, 20 plus hours to process. 
by allowing our engineers. Now, these were engineers that would normally do this on on on-premise computers. Mm -hmm. They worked with us to use the cloud, and they were able to cut it down to less than two hours. So that that meant the scientists could get the images quicker, make decisions about where the rover should go next and things of that nature, and what discoveries they may find in a little bit more timely manner. So that then led us into... Uh, working with our, our, our mission engineers and, and flight ops people to work with uh, more applications. So this is kind of building trust, building capability, and uh, building expertise, quite frankly, so, so that the missions could take advantage of technology like that to either speed up operations, speed up processing, uh, take telemetry data, data that comes from the spacecraft to t- talk about the health of the uh, spacecraft, we put in systems working with flight engineers. We work. We develop uh, capabilities where that telemetry data could be processed in ways it could not be processed before. We could tie images of the day to that telemetry data of the day. We could tie um, all kinds of different telemetry data and then save that data for future use. Um, and that's what we've done such that that could be looked at for things today. You might look at AI or ML to help process that data to say, what did you learn from that mission at that time? So we put a little bit of foresight in our thinking, uh, but certainly had to collaborate with the mission personnel and because uh, they really guided us as to what they really needed. Mm-hmm. We could then provide the capability. And when you think about it, as an old software developer myself, having unlimited capacity, unlimited access to storage and networking uh, that's kind of a dream for anybody who deals with computers and to be able to provide uh, that kind of capability was something that we felt was important for our missions. Now, keep in mind, today, JPL's 18 missions in flight. So it's not just one mission is right. as important as Perseverance is. Of course. And plus we have seven or eight, to seven to 10 instruments in, in use on other spacecraft. And so our portfolio of of uh, of technology and uh, science and missions is quite large. And so IT has to look at where it can leverage across all of those, which mm-hmm. we do a pretty good job of in the fact that we can um, provide common set of tools, whether it's engineering, all the way to better search algorithms, better database technologies, and uh, hopefully uh, a better experience for, uh, for our engineers. Now, JPL is a very smart workforce. Mm-hmm. And they have a way of staying ahead of us, too. And so <laughs> IT has to stay current and has to make sure that we're working to look at all emerging technologies. And, and I, we have some more examples that uh, we'll get into a little later that uh, how we support um, through, di- through the different phases of a mission, how we support those missions and what technologies we use. Yeah, so it seems like the mission personnel have a goal and IT has the software knowledge, they understand how the tech works, and there's a really important, you know, marriage of ideas that's happening there yeah. to make sure that you can really support the mission folks so they are able to do something as obviously incredible as landing on Mars or accomplishing, of course, any other um, JPL mission. Well, that's true. And and it's it's really important for us to this is one of those things where IT really has to listen well and has to participate well right. and be a good partner, uh, not being a controlling mechanism. 
that that uh, opens up all kinds of avenues of innovation and capability that we can share with the mission. They can decide how much they want to use. And that certainly happened with cloud, but it also happened with things like 3D printing. We mm -hmm. were early adopters of 3D printing. And, and what I mean by that was technology at a cheaper level. When 3D printing was taking off, um, it was used to create fun toys and images and things <laughs> of that nature. We brought in the capabilities, so our, especially mechanical engineers, mm -hmm. could print their parts of a rover. So if the arm of a rover could be printed 3D, would mm -hmm. they get a better experience playing with it versus a 3D rendition on a computer CAD machine? Right. So we found a lot of value in that. And uh, uh, there was one, uh, I can't remember the year, but we were walking, doing a tour of JPL. And I was blown away by all the 3D printed uh, devices I saw throughout the engineering building as we were going through it. And I knew we had an impact uh, by doing that. IT actually even bought 3D printers and hand them out to uh, engineers <laughs> so that they could tell us what the value is to them. And it certainly showed off in, in that way. But that's just one example, mm -hmm. uh, certainly, that we had to, to apply back then. And it's exciting, though, for the IT organization to be able to be the people to come to to ask about IT versus being the people who have to respond to a very smart engineer who's gone out and found his own <laughs> IT, which which happens. It still happens today. But it was uh, it, it's just the environment we work in. And if you can find that that good mix, then you can have uh, success on all fronts, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a great example. I would imagine that having something as, as tactile as a 3D printed mechanical arm, for example, is going to be yeah. a lot more helpful to an engineer than something on a computer and also way cheaper than you know building the actual arm. So yeah. <laughs> there's obviously an important business case there as well. I'm curious Absolutely. about some of the specifics around perseverance. It seems like a general theme in your IT organization and in JPL's IT organization is learning from previous missions. And I'm wondering if there's any other specifics that you can draw upon that IT learned from Curiosity, for example, and applied to perseverance and what lessons and what technologies carried over. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. Uh, Mars Science Laboratory, mm -hmm. MSL, was able to, was the first mission that was more had more of IT support than any other prior missions. Wow. And so we had built the trust. Actually, the one of the lead uh, scientists and, and project managers back then is now the director of the lab. And he supported us, and he took a risk uh, in supporting IT to be much more involved uh, in mission operations. Uh, that includes a mission network, that include, includes front you know from beginning to end on curiosity so we learned a lot during that we we certainly understood the goals of the mission and they held us to those goals in terms of storage so they they used our services is, is what mm -hmm. i'm trying to say is that um and so we learned what type of services they really need while they are learning while they are using our services that prepared us really well for future missions including mars insight which uh landed a few years ago, which also included Perseverance now that just landed a month ago. So we're very excited that we were able to learn from that and be able to be trusted to do the work we did. Missions were not, they were kind of siloed in prior uh, 
work mm-hmm. prior to that time that they would get their own technology. They would get their own set of computers and servers. Uh, oh, wow. they would, yeah, they would in some case prior, way prior, they would set up their own networks. Um, now we changed all of that mm-hmm. and then we made it much more economically feasible to utilize common, I'm going to say institutional services, uh, to provide the support that they needed. That again, played a long ways into uh, providing perseverance with a more normalized, trusted set of operations. And, and that includes networking. That includes outreach too, by the way. Uh, it, it, Curiosity was the first one that we put as much outreach material in the cloud uh, than, than any other mission. And matter of fact, it was so popular the night of the landing that it's uh, the internet traffic was greater than the closing ceremony of the Olympics. Oh, wow. So it was quite an event, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Perseverance then got to leverage that outreach. Outreach is a very important part of what we do at JPL. Because mm-hmm. it's not just, you want to certainly do the mission, but you also want to explain why we're doing the mission. And you, oh, want, people to be, you want people to be engaged. And so uh, it, we learned a lot and we gained uh, worldwide attention by having the right kind of uh, capabilities that were in a cloud environment versus our own servers for outreach and, and web presence. And that was a very successful and we've been able to do it for perseverance going forward. Uh, early on though, it really takes the cooperation with mission people to build trust. Uh, I know in earlier missions, I invested for a, a person who uh, wanted a 4K camera. He could not afford a 4K camera, but I thought it was worth having a 4K camera for what he wanted to do in a drop test. And uh, so we bought a 4K camera for him. I funded it for him. That's the kind of collaboration and the risk that you take, but it paid off because now we know how to do 4K. Pretty soon we'll know how to do 8K and you get the better experience. You get more accurate data. And you get the visual that really proves the case. Uh, I could go on and on because we've done <laughs> so many things. And and um, it, it's quite amazing the involvement we have, whether it's in supercomputers, whether it's in, um, you know, uh, some of the uh, software collaboration tools for that matter. And um, uh, so I can go on and on about this. It's, it's, to me, I get very excited because the success of the mission is the foremost thing of the reason we're there. Of course, right. And so having the ability to do that and be a part of that and know that we're sometimes we're in the background, which is okay, but we're, we're providing that support that the mission then can leverage and have success. I guess to stray from the IT side for just, just a moment, I'm sure. curious about if your knowledge about any of the tech that's on board Perseverance and how it's yeah. different from rovers prior so if you were able to see some of the photographs of perseverance yeah you notice that it took some selfie photos uh uh one of the landers took a picture of the uh rover itself being lowered uh we'd never done that before and so what they did is is they put five more cameras on on uh, uh the lander uh than we had before so they learned how to do that but also they put the technology uh, on the uh, as it's landing, uh, that it ha- takes images of where it's at, 
and it uses those images to make sure that it's more precise in its landing. And that seemed to work. So that technology had some AI built into it with image processing built into it. Further, though, there's some exciting things coming that uh, I was privileged to see uh, the test of the helicopter. Now, the helicopter is going to unlodge itself from the rover and it's going to fly. I think it's four or five trips, if I recall, and it will, or 10 trips, and it's going to uh, fly around um, Mars. It can't go too far, but it's going to fly around Mars and it's going to take pictures and send them back to the rover and the rover will send them back to Earth. So that's going to be a new, that's never been done before. And so that's going to be very exciting to see, you know, those kind of pictures, uh, almost like a, uh, a drone, if you will, yeah. uh, taking pictures and sending it back. And then uh, one other, two, two other things I'm pretty excited about. It's just mm -hmm. an exciting mission to begin of with. Of course. There's an instrument called MOXIE that is going to produce take Mars atmosphere and produce oxygen. Um, hmm. And if you can understand the rationale for that is if we can learn how to do that really well, that'll support uh, astronauts in the future. Right. Uh, when they go to Mars, you know, they need to have the capability to generate oxygen. So we hope that goes successful. And then finally, one thing that is extremely successful that leads us into a future mission is Perseverance is going to take samples of the of the terrain that it runs over in various spots and i forgot the exact number somewhere in the 40s and and then we'll have a mission called mars sample return mm -hmm. that will go to mars land on mars pick up the samples and bring them back launch from mars and bring them back to earth and i can't be honest with you think of a more uh, exciting uh mission than that Absolutely. I'm sure IT is already planning on it, planning for it and helping to support it, right? Well, the IT organization has done a great job of, of looking at what all these requirements are, especially mm -hmm. data, especially operations, especially networks. And uh, I think they're well prepared to, to support uh, you know, future missions as they come up. And, and we haven't talked a lot about cybersecurity, but that's that almost goes without saying, but it mm -hmm. does deserve uh, some credit in the fact that we have to really pay attention. We have to be vigilant all the time and we have to be yeah. proactive. And And the cyber team does a really good job of that. And I think that really ties in nicely to my next question because I think cybersecurity is obviously always going to be of utmost importance to any IT organization, but I imagine it was especially front of mind um, once everyone was required to work from home. How did the coronavirus pandemic affect IT's responsibilities when it came to supporting the Perseverance mission and other missions? Well, I, I got to be a customer of IT at that point. And uh, when we did, but we were prepared for disasters. We weren't necessarily thinking of pandemic. We were thinking more like, you know, earthquake and <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Hurricane. Normal disasters. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, not in Southern Cal, but in, yeah, in, fair, fair enough. Certainly, um, you know, we do get our, our threats of weather as well. Mm -hmm. But um, we really uh, put in the uh, technologies so that we had a lab working from home. Mm -hmm. uh, before in 2009, we had a fire that came oh, very wow. close to JPL. There's an amazing video on YouTube about that, um, especially with the night view. It looks unbelievable. But yeah. 
we we had to prepare for those kind of things. As beautiful as Southern California is, it also has its low issues. Not necessarily thinking of a pandemic. Now, obviously the pandemic comes around and the IT organization does a fantastic job. It's under new leadership, a wonderful person, and they're they're doing a great job of making sure that we all can get in, work seamlessly from home, have the tools, have security, have um, you know the the technologies we need. Uh, and the ability to deploy newer technologies mm-hmm. uh, in various ways to to our employees, and they've done a great job doing that. I'm curious too, just to touch on just for a bit before um, we wrap up. But obviously, the mission personnel when the rover actually landed, I was watching the live stream. You can obviously see that mission personnel yeah. were all together. They were in an office as it were but yeah. in a control room perhaps is the yes, better term yeah. but you know these people weren't working from home so how does it adapt to support remote employees continue to support in-person employees mm-hmm. especially when they're working on something that is as literally mission critical as um a mars landing so when you have that kind of event you have all essential personnel uh, mm-hmm. come in. And the lab had prepared really well for that. Sure. Uh, that included COVID testing on a frequent basis, making sure that only essential people came in. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, what you saw in the control room were very important, but there were a thousand other people supporting the mission. Right. Uh, either in other rooms or in uh, at home. Mm-hmm. And so the technology was certainly very important that it stayed up, it stayed uh um, accessible and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So, uh, so you, so I think it adopted really well to an environment that we weren't probably two years ago planning on, or a year ago, quite frankly, planning on. Yeah. And normally we would have everybody on board and everybody mm-hmm. on lab, and in uh, uh, Caltech uh, for uh, uh, hosting uh, uh, residents and things of that nature to to watch and experience the event with us. And uh, so this was a little bit of different, much more challenging. Certainly, um, there were not quite as many folks as they normally would be on lab, but the control room itself was already wired and, and geared up. All the computers were working, all the, the checks that go into making sure that's there, that they're, they're secure, and that people uh, can, uh, can utilize them effectively were in place. Mm-hmm. And so you first want everybody to be in place. There's a lot of activity that goes on in those control rooms and beyond to make sure everything is checking out the way it can. What's interesting is there's 11 minute gap in communications between the planet and between the uh, uh, perspective, uh, perseverance and and uh, and Earth. Okay. And so whatever commands we were issuing or whatever things that we wanted to check on, we knew it already happened. Right. Um, but you still have to do it and yeah. you still have to do the due diligence. Um, so it could be a very uh, tense moment uh, when you think about it as it's coming in. That first Absolutely. heartbeat, when they first got a heartbeat, mm-hmm. and that's just a little ping, they knew that things were moving in the right direction. And and um, it's pretty exciting. I too uh, was watching it just like you were. And mm-hmm. uh, and with a few tears in my eyes when it landed, because it's such a special moment. And it was really, it, it, from a personal standpoint, it was really special to be a part of that for as long as I was. 
and to watch the team that I, I know about and, and see uh, be successful was also a very special moment in my career. Of course. So looking forward, I'm wondering what emerging technologies are on the horizon that you can yeah. see JPL utilizing for future missions and what lessons IT has learned from this mission or any other recent missions that can be applied to future missions. Well, that's a that's a really good topic, and that's germane to what I'm doing today. So, mm -hmm. we are looking at a data strategy and data architecture that's encompassing beyond just a siloed mission, going across mission, going across all areas of of data at the laboratory, so that we can utilize the tools to better mine that data, to better get analytics of that data. So that's undergoing. We're doing uh, something that's run by my former deputy. I'm very proud of our Enterprise 2.0 that is our data transformation. So it's looking at how do we modernize processes and, and key elements to digitize our workflow. And they're having great success with that. And then also I'm looking at what is the emerging technologies uh, that we can take advantage of five to 10 years out. We already know some of the technologies, emerging technologies we can take advantage of today, like AI, ML, um, even things in, um, uh, and net, new networking, 5G. Well, in 10 years, 6G will be in place. And is that gonna allow <laughs> you to create even more immersive and interactive applications and capabilities? Keep in mind, we're still at the beginning of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about collaboration, which the tools were in place because of COVID were advanced, but think about you know, the future. Is, is holograms going to be the way that we interact? Is it sure. going to be a hybrid workforce going forward? What are the tools that are going to need? So you look at, uh, you know, what better collaboration tools, that's only going to get better. We know what the limitations are today. We know that companies are investing in tomorrow so that the experience is better. But think about if you have workers on lab, in our case, and working from remote, how do they have equal footing? if you will, in terms of, uh, you know, being visible, having that water cooler experience, things like that. Uh, those are things that we're going to have to solve and technology plays a role as well as human behavior and culture and things of that nature. Uh, one more thing though, uh, compute is going to get much broader and much more capable. You've already seen it in IOT devices mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and of course, you're going to see that more advanced in the healthcare sector, uh, thanks to telehealth and things like that, that COVID has pushed uh, uh, advanced for us. But if you think about, you know, the impacts of computing in the future, you think about quantum computing, mm -hmm. is it going to have an impact in what normalized computing will have, or is it going to solve just specific problems? Uh, there's storage of data. It's, we're, we're thinking we have a lot of data today. What are we going to have in five to 10 years? It's going to be quite incredible. How do you manage that? You know, so we're looking at the technologies that will be emerging then, as well as, as networking, as well as storage. So um, we're at the beginning of this. And, uh, but, what, but if you go back five years, we were at the beginning also. Mm -hmm. Look at all the things that have changed since then. Yeah. And, and driven. We couldn't, uh, every company, figured out a way to work remote. Yep. Some companies went overnight and were able to do that. You couldn't do that as well five years ago. So what are the next five years going to bring? And what are the technologies? 
whether it's digital twins, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, uh, ro robotic process automations already in play today, but is that going to get to be intelligent uh, robotic process automation? Mm -hmm. uh, intelligent assistance today, I predict in five, 10 years, we'll have intelligent digital executives uh, such that they make decisions um, that uh, otherwise would be made by humans. So wow. I, there's a lot of things to consider with that. I know policy, I know uh, things will fall into play because of that, but uh, um, technology is, is not going to slow down. It's going to keep, uh, keep moving forward. And our job is to position JPL to take advantage of the things that help it do its job better for the missions that we do for NASA and the country. Fantastic. Well, this is all so interesting and so insightful. And it's obviously, we're so, all of us that watched the landing and have admired and been interested in anything space related can really find a lot of interest and really cool details about how you and your team affected um, this successful landing. So thank you so much, Jim. And of course, congratulations, a belated congratulations to your team as well, because how exciting. It's very exciting. And thank you for, for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. You can hit the bell icon in the corner so you're notified every single time we post a new video, which is just about every weekday. If you have any questions or comments about Perseverance and Mars 2020, were you watching the landing? Let me know in the comments below. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks again for watching, and I'll see you next time.